Good evening from Plunkett Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we are here with episode 493 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, for February 25th, 2018. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, AT&T announces its next generation cities. Your phone will allow you to catch ghosts. And Redbox might be the reason you lose digital downloads. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Play Pod, Google Play Music Podcast, that's the name of it, the uh, Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, the myriad of other podcatchers that are available um, on any of our live platforms, including Livestream, YouTube Live, Mixer, Twitch, and Periscope. Um, anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or of course on our apps, plugkidslive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us a part of your day. This here is F5 Live, refreshing technology, the flagship show on the Plugkids Live family of content. We are live most Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that is one of the two ways that you can join us, and you can do that by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio during the show. That's one of the, uh, the big benefits to joining us live is you can talk to us during the show and let us know uh, your feelings and your, um, your take on any of the information that we talk about during the show. Uh, this evening, the easiest ways for us to keep track of you, actually, it's a pretty full list. Uh, Mixer, basically anywhere with Periscope. We can keep track of the chat tonight. So uh, basically anywhere you are, uh, feel free to comment, especially during the Pilch Point, where uh, Ava will be talking about Toy Fair, which was last week, while we were at First Looks. And he's going to talk about some of the most interesting things found there. But if you're not able to join us live, that is okay as well. You can subscribe by going to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. From there, you can see F5 Live and the Pilch Point, as well as our other series, including um, First Looks, which is where we were last week at the uh, Central Florida First Lego League uh, Regional Championships. It was a lot of fun. It was our first time at a Lego League competition. Uh, our special events feed and then a number of other series as well, like the new product Launchpad, which uh, we're going to be kicking back into high gear soon. I'm very excited about and some new series that we're working on as well. Um, I guess with that, that's the spiel. Avram, how are you doing? I'm all right. Not not too bad. Lots uh, lots of stuff going down. <laughs> What's uh, but ne but never enough time to do it. But uh, isn't, isn't that always the way it works? Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, but last weekend was very, um, sorry we didn't get to go on, but it was very cool. So I can't wait during my segment, uh, to talk about, uh, the great stuff I saw at Toy Fair. Uh, I changed my mind that, it, about that show. That is my favorite show to go to because okay. it's nothing but toys. Like how can you not enjoy <laughs> it? So, you know, you have to sit there and talk all serious though with like the, with like the people who are showing it to you cause there's no kids there and you're like, you can't, can't act like one. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's you. You want to just run around and be like, "Oh my God, I'd like this," <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You, you have to. You're, you're there as a, uh, as an adult, yes, you got <laughs> professional journalist. But yeah, it's uh, anyway. Lots to talk about there. Very cool. Um, yeah. I, obviously, I, I never like when we're not able to do 
a show together. Uh, it, it always makes me sad. Uh, but last week was a really interesting, uh, really interesting event for us. It was our first Lego League exclusive event. We've had Lego League at Roboticon for a number of years, but we've never gone to just a Lego League program before. And having an entire day of interviews with middle schoolers was an interesting experience. Um, these kids are frighteningly smart. Uh, I made some some seemingly offhanded comment during one of the interviews, and this girl looks up at me and she goes, that seems like a metaphor for life. What? So, so yeah, very, very interesting group of kids. Um, those interviews will start going up uh, sometime this week. It was such a great experience. I'm so glad that we did it, and I can't wait to do more of it. Um, speaking of more of it, we have got um, a very interesting uh, couple of weeks coming up. Obviously, last week we were at the Lego League Regional Championship um, on March Friday, March 9th. Um, we will be at the Orlando First Robotics Competition Regional Competition Um that will not affect <laughs> our normal Sunday show. So uh, on March 11th, we will still have our normal F5 Live. But on the 9th, you can join us in the same place that you do for this show um, to for the first robotics competition regional, which is always fun. Um, hopefully, we're going to have somebody from New Hampshire on and the new regional director. And it's the 20th anniversary of the competition, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, on March 24th, which is a Saturday, we have uh, Gulf Coast Maker and Comic-Con. That will also not interfere with our Sunday show. Um, so Saturday we have that. Sunday we have F5 Live. And then Wednesday, March 28th, we have the In Tampa Bay Innovation Summit. So March is going to be a weird month for us. So be prepared for that, guys. You will see us go live way more than normal so enjoy it i figured i would take that opportunity th this opportunity to talk about the weird month of march um and in the end of april in fact the last day of april we have a collision uh the 30th and then the first second and third of may which uh avram said that that uh toy fair has become his favorite event to go to i think mine might be collision at this point uh the energy level is just totally different than at any other event we go to. So uh, I always look forward to it, and uh, you should too. And since you can't be there, we will be there for you. So um, how about with that, Avram, we get down to some news. What do you think? Cool. All right, let's do it. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for an Xbox One, a uh, Surface Book, either one or two, a Sur uh, Surface Pro, or a myriad of other devices uh, from uh, the Harman Kardon Invoke to mixed reality headsets, including the new one uh, that just released from Acer, um, controllers for your Xbox games, or apps for your PC, all of it is available 
by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. I want to apologize early for the bizarre behavior of the music tonight. I have not quite got that working right tonight. So it is what it is. Enjoy it. <laughs> it might be too loud. It might be too quiet. It is what it is. Anyway, so let's talk about wireless. It's been a long time since anything new and exciting happened in the industry, not necessarily the handsets. You know, phones change all the time. And this weekend is a great example of phones changing all the time because uh, some of Abram's colleagues are over at in Barcelona, right, for a Mobile World Congress. And you yes, can, and you can follow along Samsung with that. Announcements. Yeah. Uh, Samsung and Nokia and all kinds of interesting stuff. And you guys can follow along with the handset stuff over there. But let's talk about... Um, the industry itself, the technology that makes the handsets possible. Uh, today, um, all four of the U.S. networks uh, run on LTE. That did not start out that way. Sprint started out at WiMAX and abandoned that. Um, so everybody runs on LTE today. And, uh, the next, and that's the fourth generation of the standard, so long as you ignore analog. Um, the fifth generation of the standard, which... I have not heard a name for yet. I only hear people, the whole industry, refer to it as 5G. So we may not have a name this time. Maybe because CDMA is dead in North America. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, what What is 3G technically? Um, uh, HSPA. Ah. Uh, but. <laughs> unless but unless HSPA, you're on. Yeah. Unless you're on. The other side of the network, in which case, the the technology, in which case it was GSM. Right. So, well, anyway, two G was was TSM, and uh, I don't remember which what. one was Edge. <clears throat> Edge was Verizon's data network on HSPA. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, I don't know what the name for five G is going to be, and apparently, it's not going to matter because. Long before seemingly either Avram or I know what the technology is going to be called, uh, AT&T is starting to uh, roll it out. They have, in 2016, almost ex a week more than exactly uh, two years ago from this announcement, so two years and a week, they announced that in 2018 they would roll 12 test cities out. This week they announced the first three of those 12 cities, with the intention of following through on their on their rollout plans for a total of 12 uh, in 2018. And uh, the first three are interesting. Uh, you've got Dallas, Texas, which is the ninth largest city in the United States. You've got Atlanta, Georgia, which is the 38th largest city in the United States and the travel hub because of Delta. Um, and then you've got Waco, Texas. <laughs> which is the 197th largest city in the country. Um, and it really, I think nobody in the world, everybody in the world knows about Dallas and Atlanta. You don't even have to stay, say the state. The only reason that's true with Waco is because of the bizarre cult from decades ago. I, I don't, you know, I don't think anybody else would know. Waco right now. Ah, you haven't been watching HGTV. Uh, 
uh, what's the name of their show? Fixer, no, is it Fixer Upper? Um, the one with Chip and Joanna Gaines, the uh, the family that makes the that, that they do a lot of renovating. Their whole business empire and their whole thing is in Waco. So, you know what? I know. So what they're you're, getting five G. I know what you're talking about. Um. So okay. So, so at least there's there is something non cult related happening in Waco. Um. But, uh, I think they purposely picked a city within a reasonable distance within the same state as Dallas so that they could test in and out and in network for obviously as they roll out the technology, you're going to need, there are going to be places where 5g won't be and you'll be into three and four G off and on. So you've got to be able to travel from one hub to another and watch to see what happens. Um, I think also, honestly, um, testing, uh, non stress testing is something that they're going to look for and being in a smaller market may, uh, may make that possible or easier for them. So I think, I think choosing Waco makes sense to some extent, but it, it's certainly not what you expect. You expect to hear, um, you know, our first 12 cities are going to be New York and Los Angeles and Chicago and Houston. And, you know, (laughs) it's, it's the first thing you think is they're going to go, all right, what are the, the 12 big places that we can, uh, we can see when the network's under load and all of those things. And then when we're ready to release it to the public, who will get the most benefit out of it? Nope. Because there's other things they have to test. There's, there's small market testing that needs to be done. And Waco is probably the smallest market that they can justify using as a test to be perfectly honest. Um, well, here, here's the thing. If I'm buying a phone right now and mm-hmm. I want to be ready for 5G, mm-hmm. I don't have any choices, do I? Nope. Sure don't. So what good is it to me if they're rolling out a 5G network in any of these places if I don't have a phone that supports it and I can't even buy a phone that supports it? Now, that is a very good question and a very important one. It's, it is important to note that just because they're rolling this technology out does not mean that it will be available for public consumption. Um, during the WiMAX rollout, for example, um, the entire Tampa market was covered with WiMAX for Sprint for uh, six months before any non-Sprint corporate-owned devices were allowed on the network. Kind of. There was a way around it, but Sprint doesn't need to know that that was public knowledge. Uh, But, yeah, they're rolling it out to these 12 cities as part of a hardware test because, as of right now, the largest implementation of 5G has been on temporary poles around the Olympic uh, Village in South Korea. Um, and before that, the largest singular outside of a lab implementation of it was the Intel booth at CES. So (laughs) it's time for these companies to start testing the technology in something larger than a, uh, square quarter mile. 
And so yeah. and so that's what's happening. AT&T is going to put this into these three cities first and nine more as they f- start to feel comfortable um, as a test. It is possible that by the time it is. Nope, not possible. It is 100 percent guaranteed because <laughs> we watched it with 4G. We watched it with 3G. That there will be devices available on the market before the technology is publicly available that will support 5G. You won't be able to use it yet, but the day they flip it on, it'll be ready to go. Uh, my guess is Samsung will be one of one of the companies with those de- one of those devices out there. And the only reason I say that is because um, a altered version of the Note 8 has been the testing device in South Korea for the athletes um, that has a 5G radio in it. So Samsung is obviously, it's obviously easy for them to adjust the hardware and add 5G. Um, And for all we know, maybe the Note 8 has it and they haven't talked about it. Probably not, but it could be. Um, So yes, devices will be out ahead of time, but not many and almost certainly not an Apple device because we know how long it takes them to support a new radio configuration. 3G yeah. was 3G was the standard when the first iPhone came out and uh, it only supported 2G and then LTE was out for at least one full generation before the iPhone got LTE. So... Don't expect Apple to be the first one on the bandwagon, but my guess is it's going to be Samsung. Samsung's going to have a handful of devices ready for for a 5G launch. That sure wasn't. I believe that the S8 was the first or one of the first to support gigabit gigabit 4G, right? Yeah, I think you're right. They they're one of the few hardware manufacturers on the standards board today. Um, it's mostly the carriers, uh, but Samsung represents the hardware manufacturers on the standards committee and uh so it's not a surprise at all that samsung is the one who installed a 5g micro network inside of uh inside the olympic village (laughs) in south korea and it's no surprise that intel was the was showing off uh what was possible with 5g at ces inside their booth because uh they are the chip manufacturer on the standards board so yeah so i don't know yet whether to get excited about 5g or not like new technology is always exciting but i guess the question is like is are you really going to see benefit from it like when you went for 3g to 4g wow what a difference i mean 3g is so slow you pretty much can't you can't really watch video over 3g um and the problems that we have now with 4g seem not to be that 4G isn't fast enough, it's that you don't always get a great connection. Right. But who's saying you're going to get it with 5G either? Like, so, but if you have a really good 4G connection, I mean, you can do a lot. You can stream video pretty well. So, both directions. Both directions. So, you know, generally when I have a problem with 4G, it's because I'm not getting it everywhere that I should be, or I'm getting it and I'm not getting all of it or, or whatever. So I don't know. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Do you think do you think five G is is really that exciting, or do you think it's it's kind of a lot of hype right now? Uh, I had a little bit of a com- off the record conversation with Intel at CES, and um, 
from what I understand, um, there are some benefits that haven't been talked about publicly yet um, that should help with the problem that you've experienced um, with with 4G just not being as readily available. Um, like the rollout is supposed to be far easier than LTE was, which is great. Um, I don't remember what I am and am not allowed to talk about. So I'm just going to say <clears throat> there are some there are some things that I know about that um, that will make 5G interesting. Um, and it's not necessarily like I, I know this is public. It's not necessarily uh, entirely aimed at your mobile devices. Um, the idea that there's so much bandwidth capability uh, through 5G allows for the cost of data to be uh, far lower, which for a for a I mean a consumer to have uh, data capability is always a good thing, right? And so, say you're one of those guys that can only have, uh, for example, myself at home, I can only have the cable company's internet. I can't have fiber come in. I can't use anything else. Only the one cable company that is allowed on the property, but. Uh, you know, the promise of WiMAX was this, but obviously that fell apart. Um, but with with the data capabilities of of 5G, uh, there there's talk that there that IoT devices may not even use a Wi-Fi connection anymore. They may just come pre-configured for 5G and you never have to worry about configuring them to Wi-Fi or anything like that. They're just good to go. Um, so there, there's a lot of things that are different about the intentions of 5g than uh what we knew about with lte lte was all about you know laptops and tablets not sucking um when you were out of the home and 5g right. seems to be about making every all all connected devices better um it's like i i know for a fact one of the things they've talked about is the the battery consumption I don't understand how it works, but I understand that battery consumption on a 5G device is way lower than battery consumption on a 4G device, which will help those those Microsoft always on devices that have started going for pre-order now. Um, when those start switching from 4 to 5G, like battery battery life is supposed to go through the roof in standby mode from 4 to 5. Um, and these these things that use like a Bluetooth connection, like a, a, a tile that has to be in contact with a Bluetooth device that already knows about tile, it may not be that way anymore. So th there are some interesting capabilities of it that are technologically exciting, but I don't know if the implementation will make them as, as exciting as the technology makes them sound. Right, because I think it really depends on how much it's going to cost right. you, right? Yeah. So, like, if it's if you're having to pay a hefty premium to get to 5G from uh -huh. 4G, eh, I don't know. Do you need it? If you're if you're if you're subject to really to some some strict data caps, you're just going to burn through it faster. Right. Exactly. So, are if, the the question becomes, is it possible the carriers could? screw up the things that are exciting about 5g oh absolutely 
if you have to pay like, you know, now if you want to get an extra device onto your plan, right? Like you have a connected watch, right? You know, like a 4G watch or a 4G tablet or something, you're paying an extra at least $10 a month for that device to be on the network, even if you rarely need it outside of Wi-Fi. So, right. you know, am I going to have like all the devices in my house be connected to 5G and paying 10 bucks a month each for them? Right. To do that? No way. So, you know, I guess I guess that's really I guess that's really what it depends on is is the pricing of the data going to be such that it's worth it. Right, exactly. Or or is it going to be totally preclusive of of all the benefits? Yeah, the carriers have all the potential to screw this up because you know, is it is it the LTE rollout or is it the the Verizon launching the kin? Because Verizon screwed that thing up wholly. Um, so, you know, a, a good product mismanaged has the, the potential to be a total disaster. Uh, so, yeah, the carriers, the, once the technology is in place, which I think, I think the standard is written now. I think the technology is in place, which is why we're starting to see some test rollouts. Uh, now it's in the hands of the carriers, and the carriers totally screwed up. So, I mean, again, I, I keep going back to it, but it's the best example. Look at what happened with WiMAX. <laughs> it had it had more more bandwidth than uh, than LTE did, and Sprint and Clearwire totally screwed that thing up. Not, so, where, not when I used it. <laughs> that well, I, the implementation didn't, but but uh, the standard for WiMAX was way faster than than LTE was ever designed to be. So, yeah. and Sprint and Clearwire screwed that up big. So, oh, man. <laughs> was, I will never oh. forget having to go to Philadelphia had WiMAX. We uh -huh. did not have it here in, New, okay. in the New York area. I had to, it's going back, I don't know, eight, nine years, go, go to Philadelphia for a day to test WiMAX. <laughs> and I remember sitting in like, this like indoor mall in the middle of Philadelphia, like uploading, trying to do an FTP upload of something that was like 50 megs and waiting like an hour oh. and it still hadn't uploaded. And I had to do this three times to get the average and I couldn't finish all my testing in a day because everything was that slow. Oh my goodness. Or we get cut off in the middle. So, and yeah, and that was, that was the problem with, with the implementation, like sprint owned part of it and Clearwire owned part of it. And that, so in Vegas, it was stupid fast, and in Philadelphia, it was so slow, you could have called and read them the file faster. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. It, and th that was the problem. Here, it was crazy fast, and in Vegas, it was crazy fast, too. But if you went to Orlando, it was slow. It was so weird. They, the carrier totally screwed that one up. And it's because there were two carriers involved, but that's a different problem. So, yeah, it's the same thing here. There's totally the potential for the carriers to screw it up. Let's hope that they don't. Let's hope that we get to at least some carrier gives us the ability to see what 5G is supposed to be all about. Because seeing it in action at Intel at CES, wow, there's totally some cool capabilities there.
This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, the Monster DNAs, my normal headphones, the Monster Elements, um, both available, plus uh, in-ear, on-ear, over-ear, uh, corded, Bluetooth, and then of course speakers, the new Superstar line, the S100, 200, 300, 400, and of course the Monster Blaster, and all the power and cords that you need to uh, connect them to one another, uh, available by going to pluckitslive.com slash monster. And that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Avram Pilch. Avram, we, hey. we get to talk about some toys. Literal, yeah, to- literal toys. I mean, listen, everything is a toy... You know, everything is a toy one way or the other. I mean, here I have this notebook I'm reviewing right now, and you could say it's a toy. I mean, it's for serious work, but, you know, hey, you know, it's fun. It's, listen, can't, I really can't complain. I have a fun job. I get to, you know, figuratively or literally play with toys, and, and the real uh, burden is I have to write about it. So, however, that's never been more true than the one weekend a year that I get to go to New York Toy Fair. Uh, actually, I think it's the Toy Fair, Toy Fair in New York. Um, and uh, I did last week and saw some really awesome stuff. Uh, most of it had most of the cool stuff I saw had it some tech angle, and some of it was just just fun, you know. Uh, so on on TomSky.com we have a a, a big slideshow of the 25 best toys of Toy Fair uh, 2018, and here are some of them. Uh, so I think uh, generally myself and my colleagues, Shri and Henry, uh, our, our favorite toy uh, was the Spin Master Supernova drone. Now, there are lots of drones in the market, but this drone, which is going to be coming out uh, later this year for 40 bucks, uh, is not one that you control with a handset. You don't control it with your phone. It has a cage around it, so you can literally bat it like a ball, and it sort of follows you around. It sort of goes around and it can sort of react to your touching it, your gestures. And you, I saw some guy like basically doing a big dance with it and it'll like followed his arm or whatever and like went like that. And then he like tapped it over and it goes another way. Like basically you, you control it by like tapping it and gesturing to it. So what was this called? That, the Spin Master Supernova. Okay. So we have a video of it in, in our slideshow, so check that one out. Uh, real exciting news for my son. Uh, he is a addicted, you know, in an almost, some might say, unhealthy way to his Lego Boost uh, set. <laughs> he really loves that thing. He plays with it like crazy all the time. Um, and uh, that's, you know, one of our favorite toys overall because it's a great, uh, a great way for kids, even kids his age, five years old, but even those a little older, to learn about programming, and it just makes it easy and fun. Well, uh, Lego's coming out with the two expansion kits for Lego Boost later this year, around August. One of them is the Ninjago Stormbringer kit, nice. which allows you to to turn your um, make a giant Ninjago dragon out of your Lego Boost and control it and program it. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then there's another one that's like a city kit, 
uh, Lego City theme where I think you can build, I don't know if it's a truck or something else like that. So uh, more possibilities with Lego Boost if you if you didn't already have it, uh, then you should get it because that's, that's a pretty cool uh, pretty cool thing. Yeah. So uh, beyond that, uh, my one of my personal faves, this is sort of non-tech, but I really enjoyed it, was uh, Mattel Flush and Frenzy. <laughs> Mattel, so uh, scatological toys were very big this year. Interesting. Uh, or I should say uh, gross poop toys were really big this year. So uh, Mattel had one that is literally a toilet with a smiling piece of poop that you put in it. And then each person has to basically roll to see how many times they get to plunge the toilet. Uh, and basically if you plunge, if you get to plunge it enough times that the poop pops out, you get a point. And if you catch the flying smiling poop, you get two points. So, uh, it's highly intellectual. What? Uh, our friends, our friends at, <laughs> Our friends at uh, Gizmodo actually did a wonderful article with the seven grossest toys of Toy Fair, which okay. I wish I had done. This was one of them, but then there was Dr. Pimple Popper, which we did not get to see, which is like Operation, but with pimple popping and a uh, bunch of toys you have to unwrap by putting them in a little mini toilet or something. So, so some kind of funny but gross stuff. What has gone uh, wrong with this industry this year? Listen, I'm ta- <laughs> speaking now, speaking now as uh, as someone with a five-year-old, you know, they, to the to kids of a certain age, that kind of thing just never gets old. <laughs> uh, so, and look, there's a lot of concern about giving kids things that are too violent or too adult, bad language, whatever. So, you know considering that you know just giving them something gross doesn't really transgress in any of those ways but they still find it hilariously funny all right um i saw a couple of different toys that make holograms from your phone right uh one is called simi's holographic pets it is sort of like a tamagotchi uh, but they give you a little mirror sort of mirror cone thing you put it over you like use it has a suction cup you stick it to the top of your phone run the app and it shows your little pet basically floating in the cone like as a hologram but you can also record yourself in a video and show that so you can like get sent someone a message that's like a hologram so you know you could dress as princess leia and say help me uh, help me obi-wan you're my only hope and, and do it credibly on the phone the other thing uh is that this one actually has already just come out. The CBS isn't out yet, but Playmobil has a Ghostbusters set where with the Ghostbuster characters, you get a, uh, a similar app and cone that looks like a ghost trap. And uh, you put it over your phone and it makes it look like you're catching Slimer. Like you see him, you see him in the like hologram 3D and you see him get sucked into the phone, which okay. looks like a trap. Okay. Uh, um, I think the coolest thing, the thing that I like wanted to play with the most that I saw there was the, uh, and this is out already been out, but there are some new kits for it. I hadn't seen it before though. It's called three doodler. Have you seen three doodler? The 3d printing pen. 
Yes, it's a 3D printing pad uh, for kids. There's also an adult version. The adult version actually is is really cool because it's called I think it's called the Three Doodler Creator. Um, uh-huh. yeah, and that so. one, that one you can like make wood and other like really uh, serious materials. Like uh, the kids one because they don't want the kids to get hurt. Uh, uses a very like low temperature plastic. Uh-huh. Uh, but they have all these ridiculous kits that they sell for the kids. So one that they're just coming out with allows you to make your own action figures. It gives you molds to like make the ball joints for the arms and legs. And then you can make your own action figures. Another one lets you like basically make your own dinosaur robot. Like they give you the, the metal part, the, like the motor part of the robot, but then you have to make the body. Um, and they have all kinds of other ridiculous ones where you make stuff out of, out of the plastic. So I thought that was really cool. Um, there's a uh, couple games I saw that I think people would find really fun. Uh, one is called Hot Wheels Ogmodo. That's coming out later this year. It is a little bit like Anki Overdrive. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you're familiar with that. Uh, it is a, an augmented reality racing game. You've got a real track with real cars that race around it. Uh, but you run a phone or tablet app. The phone or tablet app shows you some extra content on your screen, like a Pokemon Go style thing where you see like buildings and lasers and missiles and things like that. Uh, and you control the cars. And this one, unlike Anki Overdrive, pitting is very important. So like your car only really has so much charge in it and you have to decide when to make it recharge in the pit. Uh, so it won't run out of gas, basically, just like people who are running a NASCAR race have to decide, you know, am I going to go fast, faster and burn more fuel, but have to pit, or am I going to go slower and and try and go more laps between pits? Like it's the same principle. So, um, fascinating. That looks pretty cool. That's coming out later this year. Um, another one that they had that I thought was really awesome is, um, yeah. Find here is the uh, Mattel Rocket League RC Rivals. So, have you played Rocket League on uh, on the PC or on console? Yes. So, for those who aren't familiar with it, Rocket League is basically would you describe that as soccer with cars? Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, so, this is this is Rocket League with real car with real physical cars. They sell you the uh, the arena. Uh, which looks just like it does in the game. And they have, like, you know, it keeps score. It give you a rubber ball. It keeps score when it goes through. Uh, goes through, And then you get, like, two cars. And um, each car has, like, a little, I don't know what to call it, like, shovel thing at the front of it to help it push the ball. And uh, you can play with your friends. Um, Rocket right. League. All right. Uh, but it's... Their their uh, estimated price for it is a lot of money. It's 180 bucks for that. Ooh. So that seems like a lot, but um, but you know it it seems like fun too. So uh, you know those are just a few of the things that we saw uh, that we saw out there. I think uh, people would really love um, you know really love some of the other stuff that we saw that are that's in our slideshow. There's a Marvel augmented reality um, headset that makes you look like Iron Man mm-hmm. called Marvel Hero Vision. There's um, 
you know, there is a drone that looks like a pterodactyl and it flaps its wings. There's a bunch of Jurassic Park robots that look like dinosaurs. Uh, so uh, just so much cool stuff there uh, at Toy Fair. So check out our slideshow and, you know, we will be testing as many of these toys as, they, as, we, uh, as we can, uh, particularly the ones that are, you know, robotic or high tech. Uh, as the year progresses and they come out all right it uh, <laughs> what an interestingly wide variety of things i cannot wait to check out the entire list uh the entire slideshow of things uh where... yeah so you could you could get that by going to tomsguy.com i think it's fallen off the home page but if you use our search and look for toy fair okay uh, the internal search and look for Toy Fair. You will you will find that uh, find our best toys of Toy Fair and some other articles, including our best pop vinyls of Toy Fair, because there were enough pop vinyls to fill a pretty significant slideshow. In fact, we didn't even we only picked the best ones. There were some that weren't the best. So, all right. Well, that that is a a market that went somewhere I wasn't expecting. What, pop vinyl? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... Whatever. People people it, really like them. Great. It's it's an accept, socially acceptable toy for adults. Let's, okay. let's call it what it is. Okay. It's a socially acceptable action figure for adults. And, uh, you know, and I love them. And, you know, <laughs> I will tell anybody, like, listen, you don't know what, you want to get me a gift? You don't know what to get me? Get get a get me a bobblehead, you know. Like okay. you can't really you can't really go wrong because chances are I don't have that bobblehead. Um, so because that's how know, chances because that's, that's how chances work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's uh, they had they had some really neat things uh, in the pop vinyl section as well. Very cool. Uh, so uh, anyhow, check all this out on tomsguide.com. Very nice. As always, it's uh, it's nice to get your uh, your view from these events since uh, we weren't there. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel really fortunate to get to go to events like this and like CES and Computex. And my goal every time I go is I know there are a lot of people at home who, who don't get to go. And so I want to make sure that I could share as much of the experience uh, with them. It's a great way of looking at it. And I know. Those who can't go appreciate it. Um, on that note, uh, until our topic next week. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your gaming experience, whether it be a gaming mouse and or keyboard, a uh, specialized controller, uh, anything in the uh, in the Chroma series, which apparently Philips Hue has also been added to recently. So you can actually get your Hue light bulbs to, uh, to program with your with your Razer, Razer Chroma 
d devices now, which I think is awesome. Um, the Razer phone, or of course, any of their uh, their laptops as well. And they've got more than just that with webcams and mouse pads and all kinds of other things as well. Uh, to find out the deals that are going on right now, because there are always deals going on, uh, you can go to f5live.tv slash Razer. I love the idea that Philips is supporting Chroma. <laughs> it's such a cool idea. That's good. It's good to have it integrated. Yeah, you can get the whole room to follow your color pa patterns and stuff like that. That's too cool. Anyway, so we were just talking about some toys and some games, and uh, you mentioned two things that we will go ahead and merge into one. You mentioned an, a an AR game, and you mentioned Ghostbusters, so let's put them together into a new game called Ghostbusters World. Uh, it is available later this year. It will theoretically release on both iOS and Android together, unlike the uh, probably the best known of the, the AR games out there, Pokemon Go, which kind of owns the space right now. Uh, if somebody has a chance of uh, unseating Pokemon Go, though, it's going to be a Ghostbusters game. Uh, the idea of being able to, to capture ghosts and a variety of ghosts with your phone and on the on the website on uh, plunketslive.com uh, on the upstream we've got a video of the teaser trailer and uh, you were you're going to want to watch it cuz it's the 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 visuals on it are fantastic um, your whole phone turns into a trap at one point it's it's exciting for anybody who likes ghostbusters which is pretty much everybody so and with, <laughs> and it seems like it's going to incorporate all of the things that people have loved about the films and the the shows and the comics and like it doesn't seem like it's going to just pull from one area it looks like it's going to pull the best from from each medium and bring it together and they're going to introduce new ghosts in the uh in the game and stuff like that so imagine pokemon go with ghosts is kind of what i'm imagining but with the, with the cool visuals of Ghostbusters, which really the, the visuals there are, are pretty great. And just like Pokemon, uh, the Ghostbusters franchise is kind of designed almost like it was ready for this. You know what I mean? Well, I think Pokemon, I mean, it was designed to get you to acquire things uh, from the start. Gotta catch them all. Sure. But, but, oh man, I foresee, I will never see my wife again when this comes out because <laughs> she plays, she loves Pokemon Go, but she is a huge Ghostbuster fan. And, you know, there are many times she's gone out at night to like go Pokemon hunting to Pokestops or whatever. Uh -huh. You know, she's sure. not as excited about it as she was, you know, when it first came out sure. in the first few months. But game, you game, take the concept game, of that. Game Fade gets to all of us. You take the concept of that and put Ghostbusters on top of it. Uh huh. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Now she's right. now she's gonna have to decide which app is open when when going around though. I think it'll be Ghostbusters because <laughs> she's already done a lot of Pokemon. I think she's fair like, enough. I think she, I that there's something involving Ghostbusters. I mean, I'm just after I get out the car, I'm gonna go upstairs and tell her. Whenever it comes out, I'm not going to tell her because 
over Syria. <laughs> yeah. Son and I will be hanging out. No, I mean, she, uh, I'm kidding, but she, she really, she's, it's going to blow, it's going to blow her mind. It's going to blow my son's mind too. Cause he, he's five and he loves Ghostbusters. So, you know, he sees her playing and he's going to get into it too. That, and, and that, that's the thing with, with both of these franchises really is that they, uh, they managed to start the trend of these games with, uh, with franchises that are designed for multiple demographics. You know, it's not like they started with a kid's brand. Pokemon Go has been around for decades and, you know, generations have, have played Pokemon games at this point. So, and then, you know, Ghostbusters is, is a franchise that is hard not to like. <laughs> you, you really kind of have to try not to like Ghostbusters. So, uh, it, for me, obviously, for those of you who know me well, uh, I have a thing for augmented reality and mixed reality stuff. Um, I... I have some ideas in the space, but stuff like this is kind of proving that the space is worth looking into. And now that my group has a, uh, a hollow lens in it, I've got even more <laughs> inspiration. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Pokemon. I played because I wanted to support augmented reality, not so much because I care anything about, uh, Pokemon itself, because um, I'm one of the oddballs from my generation who never cared. But yeah. but Ghostbusters, that's a different story right there. Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters and I are going to get along just fine. So I'm right there with your wife. <laughs> it's going to be a problem for me, I think. <laughs> we may have to... May have to... Uh, pare down how many stories we do in a week because I may not be able to write enough when this thing comes out. Uh, that sounds like a joke and I'm afraid it's not. Anyway, uh, unfortunately, that's about all we know so far um, is that uh, based on the teaser trailer, which is not very long because it's a teaser, uh, the visuals are going to be gorgeous. Uh, it is very Ghostbusters-y. And uh, obviously it's a great time for it because with the new movie and then the whole second season of Stranger Things being, you know, tied around Ghostbusters and, you know, it's a great time for a game like this to come out. And uh, unlike Pokemon Go and the Harry Potter AR game that's coming out, um, this one is not being developed by Niantic. This one's being developed by the longest named division inside of Sony. Sony Pictures Entertainment Consumer Products. Ugh, way too many words. Um, it's like Google Play Music Podcasts. Why would you do that to your customers? Anyway, um, so I really look forward to seeing what not Niantic does with an AR game, personally. Like, we know what Niantic can do, and we, we can take a good guess at what the Harry Potter game is going to look like when it releases, whenever it happens. Um, because it's still Niantic, but this is coming from somebody else. So I'm really excited about it um, for so many reasons.
This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or uh, let the professionals do it for you because that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. From blockbusters to <laughs> invasion of the animal people, I can't make these things up. They've got a little bit of everything. The way it usually works is for a couple of bucks, you download the MP3, play it along with your uh, DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to be, and laugh. Uh, from time to time, they do some live shows. Right now, they have their Kickstarter going for the 2018 lineup of uh, live shows, which will be Space Mutiny in June and Krull in August. Crawl should be fantastic. Anyway, um, if you want to support the Kickstarter, you can find out uh, information there. And of course, uh, once the Kickstarter closes, you'll be able to buy tickets for the events as well through uh, Phantom and watch them nationwide live. It'll be wonderful. And the deal of the week right now, Replica, $2 off. Uh, you can get the deal and see all of the movies that are available by going to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. I want to see crawl. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I don't. You want to see the, You want to see that version of it? <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, we've talked about it before. We will end up talking about it again because it seems like it is the technology word of 2018: cryptocurrency and blockchain in general. Um, obviously, the reason why blockchain and cryptocurrencies are popular right now, uh, or at least got started. It's not necessarily why they're popular right now. They're popular because there's value in them. But um, they got started because uh, tech people tend to want to do things a different way. And uh, so they created a thing that's decentralized and you know there's no direct oversight. It oversees itself by the nature of the technology. And that's great. But when you uh, kind of buck traditional wisdom, what you end up doing is uh, erasing, in some cases, hundreds of years of collective knowledge, and you have to learn all of the hard lessons the hard way. Uh, whereas in traditional banking, obviously, that concept has been around for a long time, and uh, while it may be semi-slow and inefficient, the banks have learned some hard lessons the hard way, in some cases, uh, several hundred years ago. So what we're seeing today in the blockchain and cryptocurrency world is uh, some things that you would never expect to see from, say, uh, JP Morgan Chase, right? You would never expect to see Chase offer money for free, at least not... Uh, allow you to purchase currency without giving them anything because they have learned to check and double check everything before uh, anybody sees it. So what happened this week was a, a uh, exchange in Japan whose name is Zaif, Z-A-I-F, I don't know, uh, had a glitch on their website for almost 20 minutes in which you could make purchases uh, for free. Obviously, at that point, purchases is the wrong word, but and we're not talking like the the 
couple of dollar transaction fee was accidentally being waived. Nope. We're talking that, in essence, about $20 trillion, yes, T trillion dollars worth of Bitcoin was sold for $0. Obviously, there's no way that was going to be allowed to stand. <laughs> once, the, uh, once the bug, or glitch as they called it, was fixed, they, uh, they nullified all of those transactions. So nobody got away with $20 trillion worth of, uh, worth of Bitcoin. But uh, it may not have... So 16 and a half minutes, I think, was the actual runtime on it. Maybe it was 17 or 18. But I think 16 and a half is the, the number. And the only reason that it was caught at all is that one of the people who purchased a very large amount of this currency, I believe it was 22... Thousand trillion yen, which works out to the majority of that twenty trillion U.S. dollars that we were talking about. Um, they turned around and tried to sell it again <laughs> on on the same exchange, and so uh, clearly people started to report it, and they shut down. As we see in all of these cases, the exchange shut down for a while. They fixed the thing. They nullified all the stuff. Um, but can you imagine? If those people had been smarter and didn't try to resell on the same exchange, can you imagine if all of that currency managed to make, find its way out into the wild for zero dollars? Well, here's my question about this: How can they? How do they have? Is this? How do they have twenty-two trillion dollars worth of currency? It's a fair question. Um, I don't know because the company won't talk about what happened. Because, like, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like, I mean, I don't really know exactly how enough about real banking to know this. But presumably, if banks could just print money, uh, then then they would never have problems like they had during the Great Recession or whatever. Like, obviously, banks banks are subject only have as much money as people have deposited in them or they uh -huh. have in assets, right? You can't just say, oh, would you like to borrow a trillion dollars? Sure, I'll just draw draw you up and put, it, put a magic number in your account and you have it. They can't do that. Like, even though they're doing things electronically where they control it, like, this is backed by something somewhere, right? Like, there's cash or there's gold or there's, right? There, there's some somewhere that money is real right i mean like you can't you can't they can't make it up it has to come from somewhere right it has to come from at some point from the mint right right so cryptocurrency obviously doesn't isn't backed by any by any government so i don't know i don't know exactly where it comes from i think people get it when they're mining it but it's hard to believe that this one exchange had $22 trillion mined. Like, I don't know how many, how much, this is a really interesting question, but how much Bitcoin is there in the whole world? $121 million worth. So 22 trillion. So, uh -huh. so that somebody took out more than Bitcoin than there is in the entire world. Correct. So how could they possibly resell it? Cause it's not, like I don't. Uh huh. Like, isn't that what the blockchain keeps track of? Uh huh. 
So how could that possibly be valid currency? Absolutely. All like if you <laughs> all of that. If you rob a bank, there's <laughs> there's actual money to rob. Right. Right. Absolutely. I I have been researching this for days and I have all of the questions that you have. I absolutely do not understand what happened, whether uh whether this exchange artificially accidentally created um whether there's some sort of a mistake in how how the bitcoin exchanges work and they have more power than they're supposed to i don't know but it certainly doesn't lend a whole lot of uh uh what's the word i'm looking for uh credibility credibility and uh faith into the concept. I I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. It's it's definitely bizarre cuz I just I did the uh the conversion on what the current today value on all of that on the entire Bitcoin ecosystem is and it's uh it's not that much. <laughs> so I do not understand what happened. I have a feeling that the exchanges have more power than the Bitcoin standard would like you to believe. That's just my guess. Um, Because to be an exchange is not particularly easy. Um, My guess is the reason why it's not particularly easy is because there's a big hole somewhere. Just a guess. You also need a lot of computing power, don't you? I mean, ridiculous amount. Or, or is that? I guess that's where the mining comes from. I was gonna say, yeah, not really. You just have to put the transactions into the world and uh, take advantage of the take advantage of the decentralized processing. Uh, but obviously, the transactions are less stable <laughs> than we're led to believe. Because if their wallets said that they had $20 trillion worth of coin, which is obviously not possible, there's a problem somewhere. So I hope that at some point we will get some information on what happened. It does not look like that's going to be what happens because they are being very tight-lipped on the details of this quote-unquote glitch. Um, They waited four days before saying that it happened, and just said that there was a glitch and that's it but the financial services agency in japan is looking into uh, what happened to determine whether or not this place is secure enough to even be allowed to continue to operate so it's bizarre if i find out more i promise i will let everybody know because i want to know as much as anybody (laughs) uh because I don't understand what happened either. I have, we do have luckily an expert in our group that I have, I have reached out to to try and get an understanding of what might have happened. But uh, as of right now, I'm as baffled as everybody. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, other than the same disclaimer that Avram and I have given before. Uh, it is a new technology. It is obviously a volatile technology. If you're going to get involved in it, know that things are going to go wrong. Uh, 
sometimes they get fixed and sometimes uh, millions of dollars worth of coin are stolen from uh, from an exchange. How much did I say it was worth? Did I say million or billion? You said million. I meant billion with a B. All right. So 130 billion. I mean, I think, you know, yeah, 100, that, 121 billion dollars worth of worth of value. It's still it's still 1% of what they believe they got away with. <laughs> it's still a significant statistically insignificant number. The only reason I felt I needed to make sure I got that right is because the Mount Gox high heist a couple years ago was like 412 million dollars worth and the nice hash one recently was 460 million worth so again you know only like two percent of what was out in the wild but still that was possible this one technologically is not supposed to be possible and yet here we are talking about it so i don't know very strange so so just just to you know put a little dot on this right according to the cia world Factbook, if you count all the money and all the bank accounts in the world plus cash they estimate no one could really say sure. that the total amount worldwide would be 80 trillion dollars right okay that's all the world's money uh-huh. not, not bitcoin so uh 25 percent of the world's money right <laughs> So, and if you just want to count the United States currency in the United States, right? Like Cir- the number that the Federal Reserve, uh-huh. I guess, Cir- tracks. Circulatable physical Circulatable. stuff. Circulatable. In the U.S., that's $1.5 trillion. Yeah, that sounds about right. And all the currency in the whole world in circulation is $5 trillion. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> I I swear I cannot wait to find out what went wrong here. I I've got some more people I'm going to reach out to to see if I can figure this out because it's fascinating. I don't know. I don't know what to say except be careful if you get involved in cryptocurrency because it's still new. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know the basic stuff you get with Amazon Prime. You get free shipping, sometimes same day. But some of us just don't know all the cool stuff you can get. Such as uh, Amazon Prime Music, where you can stream millions of tracks for free, included with your Prime subscription. And Amazon Prime Video, which again, Lots of content for free, including originals like Man in the High Castle, The New Tick, um, uh, Alpha House, all kinds of original content, and then movies and TV uh, that other people have created as well. Um, And the new uh, relationship with Whole Foods means that in some markets you can get Whole Foods stuff delivered to your house for free in two hours. 
There's all kinds of benefits that you may or may not know about. And you can find out about all of those benefits by going to f5live.tv slash prime. And there you will also see, uh, if you're not already a subscriber, you can get a 30-day free trial to see if it's for you. And you can do all of that at f5live.tv slash prime. You would think that New York would be one of those cities where you could get uh, Whole Foods delivered, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> anyway. Um, one of these days. Uh, Amazon Prime Fresh or whatever it's called uh, was available in New York and they shut it down, which I, seems like the city where it would work. Whatever. That's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, Disney. A couple months ago. Avram and I discussed a lawsuit in which Disney was suing Redbox because Redbox was buying Disney DVDs um, retail and then reselling the digital download codes that come with it. Now, obviously, if you've ever bought a DVD that comes with a digital download code, they make it very clear in the box that the uh, download code and the DVD are purchased as a pair and must remain together. It's a concept, a concept we're all very familiar with. Um, you buy a video card, you get a video game for free in the box. They're very clear that those don't get separated. You buy a digital camera, it comes with Photoshop elements or maybe Premiere elements um, for free to be used by the person who bought the camera. It's a very long-standing concept. And... Um, so we kind of expected that this was going to be a straightforward by the numbers case. And boy, we could not have been more wrong. I know wrong either is or is not, but I think there needs to be a grade on it because this went totally weird on us. Let me tell you what happened. Um, Disney asked for an injunction against Redbox so that during the case, they'd be able to uh, stop Redbox from selling the codes until a ruling was made. The judge that heard it, um, federal judge Dean Pregerson, decided to rule against Disney, which is okay. Um, uh, a preliminary injunction is usually pretty difficult to get anyway. So not totally unexpected. However, what was unexpected was the reasoning. And the reasoning was a very unused aspect of copyright law that states that uh, a company can be prevented from exercising their copyright if they abuse the copyright enforcement, which is crazy. Um, so basically, basically the judge said that Disney did not, was abusing copyright by saying that you bought these together, you own them together. Now, we've all kind of had that, I don't want the, the digital code, I'd like to give it to my brother kind of thing in your head. Um, and maybe you did, but you probably didn't sell it to him. Um, but the, the idea that from a, from a legal standpoint, it's too much has some implications 
that are fascinating. And they're all the things that I started with. Um, the idea that if you buy something and it comes with software, that software can theoretically be split from the initial purchase is something that could change the way products are sold today, which is very, very interesting. What do you think, Abram? Yeah, I'm just thinking about, um, I'm trying to think of some examples, but do you ever get something or see, you know, get something in a package together and it says not for resale? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know, you get a package of stuff. I don't know, maybe you get, I'm just going to throw this out here. Maybe you get, uh, uh, I don't know if this exactly says it, but like, what if you got like a fridge pack of soda or something and the soda said not for re- individual resale or it something? It absolutely like that. says that. Oh, okay. Right. So like, does this mean then that if I run a, you know, a bodega or something and I want to buy, I buy the fridge pack. I don't have to abide by that. I mean, I don't know. Was I, it was that ever enforceable? I don't. I don't know the answer. I don't know if that was ever enforceable. Um, but when it comes to to software, to soft goods, it sounds like that might be the case. Um, I mean, I'll, which is I'll, interesting. Also, also, here's another question: What about all these? Um, I mean, you see us all the time, and they get away with it. And but what about all these companies that sell? "Quote unquote OEM uh, versions of the software, right? Right. Uh, so you know, you go to you go to Best Buy or, or you know Microsoft Store, and you want uh, Windows 10 uh, upgrade disk. Now you actually have to pay for it, mm-hmm. and that'll be like what 120 dollars or something, right? But then you go online, and somebody's selling the OEM version of it for I don't know 89 dollars or something. Right. And the OEM version doesn't come in a fancy box, but who cares? Right. Uh, uh, and supposedly this who, is the version. Because who needs bits in a box? Right. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know if this is, you know, obviously I, I bet you that, you know, the big OEMs like Dell and Lenovo don't just get a bunch of CD DVDs mailed to them from no. Microsoft for every every laptop they wish to install uh, Windows on. No, uh, there's probably a much more efficient uh, way, and they're probably paying a lot less than eighty nine dollars. But they buy product keys in bulk. Yeah, yeah. But you know how many? But you know you can go online and you can find. I mean, the point of OEM, the OEM software for those who don't know is. This is sort of the wholesale mm-hmm. version of the software that they sell to device manufacturers. Right. So they're supposed to sell to device manufacturers, right? Oh, I, you know, I, I build computers and I sell them to people for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, Microsoft's going to sell it to me for less and give it to me without the fancy packaging, uh, and I'm not to, to resell it to the to the public, you know, at, at retail. Right. But now, so. Does this mean that they can't restrict my use, my selling of the? I mean, if you can't restrict Redbox's selling of digital codes, right? Does that mean that? I mean, now I see a lot of places very openly selling OEM software, so I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that, uh, maybe that uh, rule never had teeth. I don't know. But you won't see a respectable like mainstream store doing it, right? You won't go into Staples and get it. No, but Newegg used yeah. to do it. Uh, yeah, no, no, they will. Yeah, Newegg will. I think Newegg will do it, and Amazon 
has third party sellers that sell it, but sure. it's not direct from Amazon. Sure. Um, I I don't know all the places where this could affect, but you know, I can think of I can think of some places that it would affect. Like uh, for your screen, we capture you through a through a device that's in the desk here, and it came with capture software, which obviously says uh, not for resale, not for uh, splitting from the hardware. There's an example of software that there's some deal between the manufacturer of the box and the software that came with it for that software to be included. I don't know what the deal is. I don't care what the deal is, but the deal suddenly becomes less valuable if the software is allowed to be split off. So I see, I see uh, if obviously Disney is going is going to appeal this. They've already filed for an appeal on it uh, because they're not happy with this response as you would expect because it doesn't just affect them. This could potentially affect a number of industries and they can't be the ones to do that. Um, but if this is, is allowed to, to stand, you're certainly going to stop getting digital download codes in your DVDs going forward. Um, because the whole point of including those was so you didn't have to rip the DVD to put it on your device to take it with you. That was the whole point of including those digital codes in the first place, not because you were getting two products. Uh, it was a convenience for you. So that convenience is about to go away. Um, you're not going to get uh, DLC download codes in your PlayStation and Xbox games anymore. Because... Uh, who was it EA or whoever already had a freak out with, with uh, GameStop over pulling the codes out of uh, uh, used games and trying to sell them separately that they already went through that. Um, so those are about, those would go away too. There's a number of places where this is going to affect a large number of people if it's allowed to stand real quick. Um, so obviously we're going to, we were going to keep an eye on this anyway, which is why we're following up on it tonight. But obviously, we're going to have to follow, keep a close eye on this because this just got weird. We were expecting this to be like a fun, haha, red box kind of a story. And this totally went sideways on us. So I, we promise you guys we will be following this story because we were not expecting it to become a bizarre story. And it totally did. And with that, that is our show. Um, if you joined us live, thank you so much for doing so. We always enjoy having uh, having people live. It's one of the reasons we do it live. That and it's actually easier for us to do it live than to try and record it. Anyway, uh, if you joined us live, thanks a lot. If you didn't, that's okay. Uh, you can always subscribe by going to plugitslive.com slash subscribe. And if you're subscribed and want to join us live next week, you can by going to f5live.tv slash join us. Um, also, we are still doing our research for that cryptocurrency article that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks. I've got a number of uh, responses on our uh, how well does your computer work survey, um, but we're looking for some more before we can really get a good baseline. 
so if you check us out on Facebook or Twitter, you'll see the link um, on our Facebook. I think it's cryptosurvey.plugkidslive.com. Um, it takes five minutes of your time, and for the most part, it's going to fill itself out. You just have to sit there and let it go. Uh, so if you'll if you'll do that for us, it would be fantastic. It will make uh, make this article really valuable. Uh, so thank you in advance. Um, and uh, I guess with that, on behalf of the staff of Not Here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you guys back next week. Ciao.